The great Zig Ziglar said, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough people to get what they want in life. Now, something that's been said quite a lot lately is we're all in this together. And that's overused these days, but maybe one of the great truths in life. And maybe it is just another key to prosperity. Let's take a look. This is Prosperity and Something Greater. My guest today is Tom Foster. He's the CEO and founder of Foster Web Marketing. He built and runs Top Practices website. He designed a unique software program called DSS that makes updating his websites ridiculously easy for anyone. He's also one of my best friends. He was there on the day I started Top Practices. He's spoken at every one of our annual meetings for over 13 years. And he's just one of those people in life who you want standing with you in the foxhole watching your back. You don't even have to turn around and check. He's got your back. And he's also learned along the way that truly serving others is a key to his own happiness. My friend and colleague, Tom Foster. Okay. All right. So here we are. I'm with my good friend, Tom Foster. And Tom, I just told everybody all about you and all the rest of that stuff. But I got to say, you know, I've been on your podcast already, The World of Marketing, and had a really, really good time doing that. And I've been enjoying watching all of the podcasting that you've been doing. And in fact, during this period that we're in right now of the COVID-19, hey, Tom, I'm interviewing you on May the 4th of all things, man. Right. That's appropriate. Right. I mean, you know, Tom's son is named Luke. His middle name's not, is it Skywalker? It was meant to be, but Charlotte, when I wasn't looking, didn't put that on the birth certificate as was agreed. <laughs> I know. So Elliot's not as cool as Skywalker, but. No, Skywalker's just such a great it would, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. he's not, he's unofficially um, Luke Skywalker. He is a Star Wars nut, so that's good. Oh, I, well, I'm not surprised. We were watching the Clone Wars last night, the animated Clone Wars, which, if you haven't seen that, that is good, really good. They say. So, anyway. And also, I've got one of the biggest Star Trek fans I know beside myself. I watched the original series as it came out on network television. I mean, I was a, I would wait and then whatever night it was on, we would watch it. Yeah. That's how old and cool I am, Tom. I like Star Trek more than Star Wars. Yeah. For the record, yeah. as you know. Everybody needs to know that. Yeah. That's true. All right. So today we're going to take a little turn from all of our talk about marketing and digital marketing and websites and SEO and so much that uh, we always really focus on you know, in our businesses and for those folks that we're serving and the larger community of professionals that we serve, we're going to talk about this topic of prosperity. When I originally wrote my book, 
podiatry prosperity that that word was suggested to me as a, as a title by one of the other authors I was working with when I was working with Nancy. Um, and then the, the word has uh, really started to resonate with me. And as I launched this podcast, which is an, an, an attempt to understand and define maybe just a little more what prosperity is, maybe even something greater than prosperity, should that exist. You know, it's been, it's been a blast, but to talk to you about this, someone who has been with me all the way, all these years, and to talk about the evolving concept of prosperity. You know, I, I mean, Tom, you and I met back in 2005 or six. It was a, a long time ago, you know, and this is now 2020. So we've known each other a really long time. We've grown up in some ways together and matured together. And I'm, and our opinion about this has changed. So I just want to start out and ask you, you know, how would you define prosperity for you, Tom? Well, when you, when you think about it and, and I have been thinking about this, a lot of people think prosperity has to do with money. I think a little bit has to do with that. I think that you know, you have to feel comfortable. You have to feel not worried to a certain degree. But I think that 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 can also be a little bit fleeting. So I'm going to just say that prosperity for me is that feeling of helping others. That's kind of where I get to. And that's really what I've always enjoyed doing without really knowing it. I didn't really know it, but I really like doing that. I really like helping other people. And I just kind of, as you know, because we've known each other for so long, I kind of fell backwards into the business I'm in. I didn't really set out to become an internet marketer or whatever. I had a career before this, like you did a couple careers like you did. And, but they've all been about helping others. And, you know, I, I guess that's, that's where I really feel the best. And so that's probably how I would just simply define it. You know, there's not a thing about that that surprises me. It's interesting. I've talked to a lot of folks on this topic and, I think you put the finest point on that that anyone has. And, you know, we have a good friend, Jay Henderson, who has these, you, know, you can find his his company at realtalenthiring.com. He's got these incredible uh, evaluative tools to help us in our hiring of people and, and even in our management of people and understanding their motivations. Actually, go to jhenderson.org. He likes that one better. Okay, <laughs> good. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> There you go, Jay. Tom's got gotcha. you. That's right. But talk about somebody that likes to help people. That's another guy that likes to help people. He really does. He's a, another one of a kind person. He's great. And so about years ago, I mean, a long time ago, when we first got to know Jay, we had him, we, you know, you, Ben and Glass and I shared our profiles with each other, gave Jay permission to talk to us about each other and our profiles, which I think is still in effect. Anyway, but that comes out in your profile, Tom, is you're really, you will prioritize people, helping people, supporting people and relationships above pretty much 
anything, sometimes to your own detriment um, as well. I know. Yeah. I know. It's weird. Well, it just, we are what we are. The thing is to know this about yourself. Right. And so you mentioned a moment ago about how you walked into this, you know, career backwards. So, you know, what was the defining moment um, or event that really brought you to become the owner and founder of Foster Web Marketing, doing what you do now for our podiatrists and for um, attorneys and others? Well, you know the story better than anybody. After getting out of the Marine Corps, I went right into the software business. Well, back in the infancy of the software business, back when it was just DOS-based, even before Windows, and was doing um, selling cold calling and selling translation software, which wasn't easy to do. It was $1,000 for one-way translation, English to Spanish. It was 1000 bucks, Spanish to English, 1000 bucks, And I walked out. I was making twelve grand a year in the Marine Corps and walked into that job and uh, was given a phone and a stack of lead cards, dropout cards, and just worked them and created a system, a fax out system where I, I got a list of all the professors of language and all the universities in all the world and started and created a very horrible looking fax back form and just sent out to this list. I had this Packard Bell from Montgomery Ward, a computer that I put the very first, first fax card in that ever was made and loaded up my list in there and sent it out to everybody and orders would come in. I couldn't believe it. Orders would come in at night. I made that first year like 50 grand. So I went from 12 grand to 50 grand. That was kind of the beginning. And then I went Soon after that, I was uh, promoted to OS2 project manager. So those of you that remember those days, OS2 was going to be the Windows killer. For IBM. I grew that, and then Windows came out, and then I took over distribution for the company and and uh, did very well at a very young age. I mean, I was making six figures very young. And then um, Al Gore invented the Internet, and that was it for software. And uh, those of you that remember CompUSA and Computer City and Circuit City and Egghead and, you know, even Best Buy with rows and rows of software, that, no more. Found myself without a country. I never went to college, so I didn't. I was very afraid of what I was going to do. I was given a chance by my mother-in-law, who owns a court reporting business here in Northern Virginia. I went to work with her and started doing marketing and doing video depositions and trial presentation for lawyers. So that's how I got to know lawyers. But I was, you know, kind of an unemployment line. So I was in unemployment. I was collecting unemployment, and then I started working with her. And I was also doing the website for her, and I started doing websites almost like a hobby because that was brand new. And it wasn't really no, – it wasn't like it is today, obviously, but – I was just messing around with it and I was really focused on more of the trial presentation and video deposition stuff and doing that work. And I ended up doing my old trick that I talked about in the beginning where I did a fax out to the list of lawyers that we had in Fairfax. And there were 700 of them about offering trial presentation services. And I sent it out to the 700 and I got two responses 
The first response was I got sued for unsolicited <laughs> faxing. So that's what you get. <laughs> and the second one, uh, second response was by a guy named Ben Glass, who you brought up earlier, our good friend, Ben Glass. And Ben called me into his office and he said, hey, talk to me about, he was more interested in the fax out and the marketing and about that. We didn't talk anything about trial presentation or any of that stuff. And he asked me, we just talked for, God, about an hour about stuff. And he told me about, I just took this arrows class on HTML. I'm doing my own marketing, my own website. And I was like, oh, I build websites. And he was like, really, what do you know about them? And it just so happened that he was, as he always has been, a leader. He's a joiner of people. You know, he was uh, the, the captain of a soccer team. And, you know, he's, you know, now running great legal marketing, but Back then, he had a group called the Etheridge Society, which was the top seventy medical or top seventy personal injury lawyers in in the state of Virginia, and they had been getting together for years. He was championing building a intranet, and he had had a proposal done for him by another company that I knew of, and um, he handed me this it's about two inches thick a proposal from them about building an intranet, which is a secure website where they could share information. And he said, what do you think? And I leafed through this thing. Now, remember, this is the first time we had met. I leafed through it and I just kind of, yeah, yep. Oh, it's good they're doing this. So it's good they're thinking of this. And some of it I understood, some of it I didn't. Most of it I didn't. At the end, I looked at the price tag and I think it was 30 grand. And I said, I'll do it for half. We, he said, done. And we shook hands and I walked out of there and I said, holy crap, how the hell am I going to do that? And I drove to Borders Books and I got two books on how to build dynamic websites and I got to work. And I will say that is probably the defining moment <laughs> that gave me my career path because I started working on that and Ben and I just started working closely together. Obviously I worked on his website after that. And I think it was 20 of those guys that hired me immediately that were in that group and they were, and still are, some of them are still my clients still to this day, but they were very influential. Some of them are retired. Some of them don't practice anymore, but those are the most influential guys of the day I immediately got 20 personal injury clients right off the bat. I switched or pivoted all of my efforts from the trial presentation to the web marketing, to the digital marketing, and then ended up shortly thereafter with Ben pushing me, buying that company from my mother-in-law and starting Foster Web Marketing. So that was, that's how that went. And then you were you arrived on the scene right around that time because uh, that's when great legal marketing was just getting started. And if I may, Ram, keep going on this because you're a big part of it because you were that's when you were at Newsletters Inc. and you had just gone through a career change yourself and come from the education world and been recruited by Newsletters Inc. by your friend there. And we're in charge of creating these seminars for lawyers and doctors. And you were told, I think that the mission, uh, the challenge was 
find some good lawyer marketers and doctor marketers. And your first one was, well, this guy, Ben Glass, does a great job with these newsletters and let me contact him. And so you're doing your thing. And meanwhile, I'm on the opposite end. So Ben calls me up one day and he's like, get this. This guy calls me from Newsletters Inc. and he wants to do this seminar. And he's laughing because Ben is very, what's what's the word? He's uh, (laughs) self-deprecating. And uh, he was like, this guy thinks I know what I'm doing. And he goes, I want you to meet him with me. And so uh, I was like, sure. And uh, we met at uh, Sensei Enterprises, which is right down their office, the conference room, uh, Susan's office, which is right down the street from Foster Web Marketing's headquarters right now, still there, right down the street. And we met there. And I'll never forget that day you walked in and you were just all in black and you just took over and we're like, here's how things are going to go down. And we just sat and listened and we're like, yes, sir. And that's exactly how they went down. And that's when great legal marketing took off. I think that Ben was already kind of doing some stuff, but that's when the, the seminars and the, all those things took off. And at the same time, that's when foster web marketing took off because, you know, back in those days, you know, we did what four a year or something like that. And we only did that like maybe a year or two maybe just a year. And we were, I was signing up like 10, 10 clients every time. And it was plenty more than I can handle. And that's what I mean by, I didn't have any time to, or let me plan on how to build this company because I was pretty much just in free fall about how to just keep up with the demand of it and the demand of, uh, of, of what everybody was, was needing from me. And then So another part of that story is that Ben would come over to update his website and I was overwhelmed because I was doing it all. I was doing the design. I was doing the coding. I was writing. I was doing the SEO. I was doing video, everything. And we were, as you remember, probably one of the very first companies that was even doing video on websites. Mm Mm-hmm. We were doing them in hotel rooms with my good friend, Jim Foliar. It's <laughs> a whole nother story. But Ben came over and he was, uh, he would bring me a big stack of paper and he would come up into my townhouse office loft, which was like a hundred degrees because I had so many computers going with all the different things we had going on. Cause I was still kind of doing trial presentation and the other things that I had going on. Cause I had so many projects happening. He would come in his gym shorts cause it was so hot up there. And uh, he would, with a stack of paper, and one day, because he would hand me stuff and I'd be adding it, or he would hand me stuff to add, and and I would say, okay, I'll do that later, and I would have to type it in and, you know, set up all the links and do it all. But one day, I um, fired up this application that I had created to work on it, and this application was a CMS, which is a content management system which I had made to update the websites. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. I didn't know that there was such a thing. I didn't know. And I didn't even know if WordPress existed. If I had known that WordPress existed and I might've used it, but I didn't know. I was just, I was like, Hey, it would be really cool if we, if, if we could do this. And I created this content management system, which ended up being what is known now as DSS. But what kind of started that 
was Ben was watching me fire up this system, which I was really just an internal system that I was using for myself so I could build websites faster. And he said, what is that you're doing? And I said, I'm updating your website. And he was like, well, can I do that? And I said, why would you want to do that? Don't you want to practice law? And he was like, so I don't have to wait on you. And we kind of looked at each other and we were on to something. So I'm going to say that that was pretty much those events, all of those things tied together happened probably in the course of a year. And those were the defining moments that where everything just kind of exploded from there. And then getting good people to help me run the company, you know, to bring order to the chaos. I like to say, you know, once I got Gretchen on board, once I got Buster on board, when I got Young and Toby and all the other people, you know, now we employ 50 people, which all of them are very important. And, you know, the content writers, everybody that you know, but those early days, that's, that was the pivotal moment. You know, one of the things that I love and actually envy about you is if you say to Tom, hey, what do you think about this? Tom's always like, yes, great. Okay, what is it? I mean, he is so <laughs> ready to go do this stuff. And this will, for Tom and I, will occasionally cause a little conflict because my mind is always like, yeah, but then we have to do this, that. Yeah, wait, 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 slow down. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. But, 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 and Tom's like, dude, those are details. And I'm like, I know, but they're like, they matter. And if you're listening to that story, the, the main takeaway is think of the courage. I mean, cause Tom, you know, when he did all of this, he had a family and a mortgage and children and all the rest of that stuff. He was supporting all of that. And he just, he had faith in himself and those around him and an ability that he'd had. He's always landed on his feet. He always will. I can remember that day, actually, uh, you and I afterwards ended up, we walked over to your truck. He had this really big truck that you could take the back. It was a cool thing. I forget what it was, but it was a cool truck. I remember thinking, Tom drives a really cool truck. And we had a long talk out there, just getting to know each other. And then those times were just so much fun. I mean, it just feels so footloose and fancy free. I had two daughters getting ready to go to college and I had a daughter in college and, you know, and we just said, we're going to go do this. And that's what brought us to, you know, the one thing that I say, I've said multiple times in this podcast is neither Tom nor I have to deal with the man across the desk, that person that's going to tell us how it's going to be, how much we're going to make, when we're going to work, what we're going to do. And that freedom, you know, came from all of this courage and Tom just like, okay, great. I mean, I have thought, oh, so many times about, yeah, I'll do this for half. And then, you know, he walks out going, I wonder how I'm going to do that. I mean, that's probably more chutzpah than I know than I have. So, uh, so let's, let's, let me ask you another question now, but here we are. And, you know, we all have challenges and we all have obstacles that we face that, that we all have our thing that trip us up. What can trip you up on your daily journey? What do you face? Well, before I answer that, and this is kind of part of the answer to that is that there was a really important piece along the way for us that I think that impacted now, which is the early 
Kapuzi Glass Mastermind that you and I were a part of that was flowing along that, I mean, that was fantastic times. A bunch of people, you know, that was, that's where we met Dave Freeze. Mike Kapuzi and I, we just did a podcast a couple weeks ago and uh, are going to be working on stuff again together, which is really exciting. But just, you know, those early days and that's where he started copy doodles Anyway, lots of things came out of that because in those early days, you know, what obstacles and challenges, a lot of them were addressed there because I remember walking in there and, and I, you know, thinking about, you know what, guys, I'm thinking about hiring an accountant. I mean, I, I just remember getting eviscerated in those meetings, like constantly, like, what is the matter with you, kid? And I, I remember being like feeling like the little kid of the group, you know. Battle was in there too. He was the other kind of kid, but no, he, he never gave a shit about what anybody said. <laughs> he still doesn't. I, but I listened to you guys and I would bring, you know, when I wanted to hire Buster, I brought that to everybody. And I'm like, you know, what do you think about this? But, you know, just in terms of like the daily obstacles and, you know, kind of like, you know, what we're going through now, I've always, had the attitude my whole life that things are, are a wave and there's always good and there's always bad and it's like a wave and I never and I've always been that way even when I was young without really understanding what that meant I remember just thinking that even when I was down and depressed that well remember You've been down and depressed before, uh, but there always been good days after that. So you can look forward to that. And that would get me through whatever depression or because I feel depressed or, or sad about stuff, just like anybody else does. But you're always going to be happy again. And then you're going to be sad again. And it, it's kind of like a wave, like in the ocean that comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes. And there's a rhythm to it. And sometimes it's a faster rhythm and sometimes it's a slower rhythm. Something that really was very, and I, and you're going to ask me this later on, but I'm going to jump ahead. But one of the most helpful tools to me with this was a great book, The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. And that was something that has been recommended to me by a few people, but it was really Buster Tate that was like, you need to read this. And where I sat and read it, and it changed my life because it really brought things into perspective for me about living in the moment because there is only one moment and everything that goes on is in your brain and in your head and our own individual brains and heads. Time is a, is a mind construct. And if you just look at things like that, you know, there's some, I'm, I'm going to ruin it, but there's a Shakespearean quote about there's nothing good or bad. It's just how we think of it. And that's true. That's from Hamlin. I think I didn't say it right, but that's pretty good that I said something from Shakespeare. I hope my wife hears this and maybe she'll be impressed. I am. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is how we interpret things. And so we all go through stuff. And on a daily basis, when shit hits the fan, am I allowed to say that stuff? Or is this PG-13? I typically roll PG-13, but I think we're going to be all right. You just got to know that there's going to be a, a better day 
and a better time. And then guess what? The loss would be a worse time. And that's the way it goes. Like right now, when we're dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic mess, and it's, it's difficult to find it's difficult. It's just difficult. You know, you read the news and it's just terrible. People dying uh, is terrible, awful. And the way our politicians are handling it, it's just not good. And not to get into politics, but, uh, you know, you just look at that and you're like, wow, you know, gee, I wish people could be a little bit better about this whole thing, but it is what it is. And there's a lot of good things, though. You know, you look at the good things that are happening. You know, pollution is really down. We're reversing global warming just by not driving in our cars all over the place. You look outside and people are spending time with, with their families like they've never before. You know, you're talking about your hair growing out. I think it looks good. People won't see it, but I think it looks good. So you can report that back to Diane. You know, there's a, there's I, I get to see my wife now more than I've seen her in, in years because she's not running off to school in the morning. We're not running around like crazy people, you know. I've been doing more podcasts than ever before over Zoom and and just spending a lot more time like what I told you what I define as prosperity, helping people. And this is a difficult time for people right now. So for me, this is it's helpful to me to help other people. So there's a lot of good stuff as a result of this. That's kind of what gets me through through the day. And, you know, what can trip me up? A lot of the same stuff that trips up other people. Like, it disappoints me when I hear about a a prospect that I thought, you know, would be coming to us, go to a a competitor, you know, like I just heard on a sales meet, the sales meeting an hour ago, somebody that I thought was going to come. That's, you know, and and then you feel like, wow, that person just lied because they were like saying that they're that. They just built a website. They're not going to make a move. And then you hear that they're going to go to move to your worst competitor, which is is an insect that lives in the desert. I think you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to let that roll off you and uh, you can't let it get to you. You know, I'll allow myself a little bitterness, maybe a couple of minutes of like, uh, but then I just got to move on because people are just going to be people. And um, I wish them the best and I don't harbor them any ill feelings. And I hope that it works out for them. And if it doesn't, we'll be here for them. You know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, some of the other stuff that trips me up, stuff with friendships and stuff with, you know, when I when when I get hurt in that department, like I I think anybody else, you know, but you got to roll with that, too. And I'll say that just what I said, it's the power of now. Just getting to the moment because, wow, what a, what an amazing miracle that is if you're just able to get to the moment and just look around you and get out of your head, which is your mind is everything that happened in the past, you know, all of your guilt, all of your shame that all of us live with or the future, which is your ego of everything that you think you should be or what other people, you know, think you should be or how you feel like you should be. But in this moment, it's very safe and wonderful. And even if, you know, even at the worst conditions in the moment, it ain't so bad. 
if you just are able to get in the moment. So a lot of times I will just stop and do that. And that helps me get recentered. You know, the great Napoleon Hill said, if you've got a problem that you'd like to solve, and it's really been hard for you to solve, go help someone else solve their problem. And very often in the midst of helping someone and just working on a different project that's not your problem, the solutions to your problem start to become clear. It's one of the ways to really break that log jam is to help someone. So if you're struggling with something, help somebody else and watch that happen. And you know, uh, the thing I love about Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, which you're the one that said, Rem, you got to read this. This is all, you're all over this book. You got it. And it is truly, truly powerful. The question you always ask is, you know, in the present, which is the only place we live, it's the only place you've ever lived or ever will live. As you said, Tom, the past is, you know, is there, but it's, um, it's not driving anything and the future never arrives. It's always just the present. What in this present moment is truly lacking, really lacking. And, you know, a little silver lining right now in all of this is where so many of us are saying, you know, all of those things I was pursuing involved acquisition of stuff or even notoriety or some version of, you know, fame or whatever you want to call it. When in a situation like this, you realize they mean nothing. You know, we found out we can live without celebrities. We can live without, without sports stars. I think we're missing sports. A lot of folks are missing all that because it's so much fun, but we don't, you know, but you know who we really need? We need farmers. We need truck drivers. You know, that woman and man that, that helps you with a grocery store which I haven't been to in six weeks because my daughter, Annie, won't let me go. I am a prisoner in my own home. I'm yeah, it's all, no, it's, it's all good. <laughs> I'm the one that has to go to the grocery store, but I don't <laughs> mind going. Like I dress up like a bandit yeah. and glasses and gloves. And it's like, I portray, like I pretend like I'm a character. It's all good. That's, that's I'm sure you do. I agree with that. Like, I mean, I'm all for getting everything started again. I'm all for, I mean, like, I totally agree with that, that, that the economy and everything needs to get going again. We've got to, but we've got to protect our people. We've got to protect the, the meatpacking people. We've got to protect the guys in the, you know, the chicken houses and all that stuff. That's, it's complicated. It's all, it's, a, you know, it is complicated, but I mean, we've got to rise to the occasion with tests and, you know, that that's where it starts, you know, with tests and masks and that kind of medical equipment that, you know, yeah, we got to work on a vaccine and a fix and all that. Sure. Stuff, but we've got to take care of the people that are out there on the front line right now. And just like we're able to rise to the occasion by building, you know, bullets and bombs for World War II. We got to do the same thing right now. It's a different kind of thing, but we've got to do it's, the same thing now. It matters. One more little COVID story, and then we'll we'll continue on here. And that was um, w- where we live here in the desert in Las Vegas. There's this tree called the Palo Verde, and it has green bark. 
it's pretty. It's really a really cool looking tree. And um, and right now, this exact moment in time, they have these beautiful yellow flowers. Diane and I have been walking very regularly, and we're seeing them all around, you know, because they're they're heavily planted. But I happen to know that there's a place near me called Downtown Summerlin, which is a like a mally one of those places, you know. And and the parking lots in the back, are, there's nothing but those trees, and it's just absolutely glorious. And I said, boy, I said, I bet it's really nice down there. She said, well, you know, we could drive down there and see them. And I said, oh, that's right. We have a car. I forgot about the fact that we have a, we have a car. So, hey, listen, uh, Tom, the people that are listening, they're interested in achieving their own version of prosperity. What advice would you give them? Don't be afraid. Don't let your fears take you down. I think that flying, you know, accept the challenge that life presents you every day. And I think that if you go against that and achieve it, even if you might fail a couple times, but ultimately achieve it, that is like the best feeling that you could possibly feel. So because so much of us, so many people are just afraid and they ask permission of other people. And frankly, most people aren't going to push you. Most people don't want you to be better than them. Don't go asking everybody for permission or, you know, and inside what you need to do to challenge yourself to make you a better person. I would just do it. And you might not be successful the first time, but don't quit. That's the other thing. Don't quit. Never quit. Uh, you just got to keep, maybe it's a different way. Maybe that wasn't the right way to do it. Maybe that wasn't the right door. Maybe you're trying to skip a couple steps. Back up, look at it from a different view and try again. You just keep doing it until you achieve it. That's wonderful. Really, really, really good advice. And, you know, I said, we've, we've talked about, you know, your successes in being courageous and doing that. And I've probably seen you um, attempt more things than most people that I know and they, that, that haven't worked. And, you know, it's just that old um, Edison story about try again, try again, try again, don't quit. And then the next thing you know, there you are. So I agree. So, Tom, here's a question I'm asking everybody. It's just for fun. But it's turned out to be kind of great. If you were a toy, any toy at all, what would you be and why? So I'm going to answer this a little differently because I'm going to tie the last one into this. Because you see, well, you can't see. You can see, but they can't see. But behind me, I got all these guitars. And I always wanted to learn to play the guitar, but I didn't actually learn how to play the guitar until I was in my mid thirties. And when I was in my mid thirties, I was like, I'm going to do it. And part of it was because I was struggling with my alcoholism. And you know about this, about me, I've, it's been a lifelong difficulty, my alcoholism. And I wanted to do something with a friend of mine. It's one of my best friends, Tommy Van Veen that didn't include going out and drinking all the time. So he's a really good guitarist. And I said, hey, why don't you teach me how to play guitar? And he's like, okay. So we went to a pawn shop and we went and bought a guitar. 
and a little orange amp that I still have. I don't have the guitar. It was a PV guitar. I don't have that anymore. I wish I still had it, but but he couldn't teach me. He was a terrible teacher. So I ended up going to the internet and learning how to play from the internet. And he, uh, I learned some, you know, like Smells Like Teen Spirit and Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz and some basic stuff from the web. But my girls who were in sixth grade and fourth grade at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Sixth grade and fourth grade at the time. Sam and Tori heard me up there playing and they ran up there and they were like, Hey, let's start a band. I said, uh, well, we can't all play guitar. And I was just like, you know, trying to be, you know, supportive. So I said, you play drums, you play bass. And it was Sam's birthday coming up and I ended up buying her a bass guitar. Point is that we just started playing and then Tori was naturally a great drummer. I got her a, a drum kit uh, that year because she made straight A's. And then I got Sam a, a jazz bass. She couldn't reach the end of the fretboard. I had to get her a smaller bass guitar. But then we started um, getting invited to play places and we just got better and better and better. And so that goes to what you asked me a minute ago about like, you know, confronting something that you've always wanted to do and the fear of it. And by the way, there's a lot of fear of getting up in front of people and playing something. And especially if you weren't learning how to do it since you were a kid, you're a musician, you're a musician, Ram, you're a great musician. You and I have played together before you played with the band before. I did. It was time. so much fun. Yeah. I mean, and um, you're a great musician, but you've been playing your whole life, you know, it kind of comes naturally to you. So you, you know, when you learn learn it late in life, it's way harder. You've got all kinds of this stuff, this mind crap going on in your head. The girls learned how to play their instruments early on. So if I were a toy, it's not really a toy, but I'd probably be a guitar because they're so cool and I love them. I can't stop buying them. I actually bought two more recently. They're on their way and I'll probably keep on buying them. It's funny because when you first get a guitar or like whatever instrument you're into, you, you're going to always get like the cheap one. You're like, ah, I just need a cheap one. And you quick, like kind of like mountain bikes, you know, same thing with that. You get a cheap one and then you, or anything, a car or whatever. And then you quickly see, well, there's, there's a big difference and you continue to buy up and uh, you start to hear the difference in the sound and, and and so I don't know if that really answers the question, but hundred percent. I would say a guitar is what I would be. Yeah. Yeah. It totally answers the question. Cause it's really a pretty interesting question. And I love that answer. And I've watched your journey. I mean, I've watched you do all that. And you are a really good guitar player now. And a lot of folks are like, I'm going to start this. Well, you have committed to that. You practice. I mean, you get up really early. You do all of your PS90X or whatever it's called and that stuff that you do and you work out and then you do your study. <laughs> I don't do that now. I got a personal trainer now that's kicking my butt every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, okay. 0800 with my uh, over Zoom. He's yelling at me. It's actually, it's fantastic. He's fantastic. That's great. That's even better than the P90X. So last question. Now you've already recommended the power of now, which is 
one of the best books anyone could ever read. Uh, is there one more that you would suggest that everybody pick up? Besides yours? Besides mine? That's very kind of you. Thank you. I would recommend your book for sure. But besides yours, I thought yours was great, obviously. And uh, one of the things about your book is it's very authentic to you. Like I told you when I was reading it, it's your voice. The funniest chapter is the social media chapter. I found that the funniest one. I've got two more books that I'd like to recommend. One is, it's called Over Deliver by Brian Kurtz. He's in a new mastermind group that I'm in that is really good. I Just one line in here is about your list. Ignoring your list is like ignoring your family. And I mean, you know this better than anybody about marketing to your list. And I know we're not talking about marketing, but your list is the most important thing. And I'm a internet guy and obviously Google and page one for everything is really important and pay-per-click and all that stuff. Obviously your website is critical, but your list of the people that know you and love you, people buy from people that they like. They don't buy people from people they don't know or people they don't like unless they have to. And so always take care of your list. And this book over delivers all about that. And it's really a great book by Brian Kurtz. You can get on Amazon. The other book that I'm reading right now is by our good buddy, Dr. Peter Wishney. Another very well-written, authentic book. I know it took a long time to do it, but it's just Peter. I hear Peter's voice when I'm reading it, very similar to yours. And I know that Nancy was uh, involved in helping both of you guys write these books. Nancy Erickson is just a fantastic lady herself. And for those that don't know the title, share the title of the book. The Podiatry Practice Business Solution. But it's really for any business. I mean, because I'm doing a podcast interview this week of him and he sent it to me and it was wonderful. And I was reading it and I was like, shit, man, I got to, I'm already highlighting. I've like yellow highlighted so much in here and already like I've been telling my team, I was like, God, we got to implement this because here's the thing is that no matter how much you think that, you know, you'll forget it. <laughs> and that's the thing is like one of the great things about, you know, keep reading and like Napoleon Hill, you just brought up Napoleon Hill. I mean, when did that book stuff, that stuff came out? Like, when did that come out back when? The 1930s. Yeah. And it's still relevant today. And you can read that stuff today over and over and over, you know, the 17 principles or whatever those things are. Today. And they still mean they, they will still impact you today and you could put it down and read it again six months. And you'll be like, Oh man, I forgot. I got to keep doing that. And so it's, it's just stuff that you, that, that you will forget to do. So those are, those are my, the books. So Eckhart Tolle power of now, definitely uh, your book for sure. I thought your book was very enjoyable. I'm going to go back and reread that one too. Over deliver by Brian Kurtz. The Podiatry Business Solution. Also, Ben's got a new one. Uh, play left fullback or left fullback or something like that. He's got a new one that just came out. So that's all on Amazon. I knew that this was going to be fun. And it's just exceeded anything that I was hoping for. So many great lessons, so much. And a little walk down memory lane, which I just enjoy so much because it's been a really good friendship and it's been a good long run and there's so much more ahead. So yeah. Tom, 
Hey, listen, I'm going to let you get back to everything. Um, take care of the family and keep helping people, my friend. All right, Ren Jackson. Thank you so much. You do the same. All righty. That is what we do. We all meet people in our journeys who change our lives. And you just heard from one of those people in my life. I didn't meet Tom until I was 45 years old. So you just never know when they're going to show up. Prosperity, flourishing and thriving, focusing on how you can help others and finding that through service, your own dreams and desires can be more fulfilled. Sounds like a prosperous path to me. Let me know what you think. You can send me an email at rem at toppractices.com. Prosperity is the entire focus of top practices. Most doctors are struggling with the business of medicine and those that aren't truly do understand that through association with other successful practitioners, they can take their success to the next level or something greater like prosperity. And prosperity in business is a function of mindset, marketing, and management. That is our mission at Top Practices. You can find out more about Top Practices, our marketing and management programs for doctors, our workshops, and annual summit at toppractices.com. Until next time, this is Rem Jackson. Smile when you wake up and then have a really great day. Nothing is more important. Thank you.